evidence and answers. You're tuned to Evidence and Answers with your host, Pat Sukran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the arena of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. Pat takes on some of the toughest topics here on the show. You may hear a topic on cults or perhaps something that hits home with the family. Well, today is no different. He'll be discussing how to overcome lust. If you're unable to hear this entire broadcast, all of our messages are available on our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. Now, here's Pat with today's message. Not too long ago, many of us were overcome with heartache hearing the news about Pastor David. Pastor David led one of the biggest churches west of the Mississippi. He had led thousands of young men and women to Christ and hundreds entered into the ministry, full-time ministry as ministry as missionaries or pastors or as workers on university campuses all over the world. Hundreds went into ministry as they were discipled and mentored by Pastor David. Several personal friends that I know, dear friends of mine, were mentored and pastored by Pastor David and as a result of his ministry, they entered into full-time ministry. Well, we faced a lot of heartache when we discovered that he had been involved in many adulterous affairs for decades, for decades throughout his ministry. And it was just devastating news to myself and many of my friends who had been deeply influenced by Pastor David. Also got just devastating news hearing about Pastor Sam. He had one of the biggest ministries to young people in the state of Hawaii. In fact, probably in the United States. Thousands of lives were impacted for Christ as a result of the ministry of Pastor Sam. He headed up one of the largest high school ministries in the country and became president of one of the largest high school ministries in the world. Hundreds of young men and women went into full-time ministry. One of the men who discipled me and had a powerful influence in my life, and the reason I am doing what I do today is because of the ministry of Kevin, who touched my life. Kevin was personally mentored by Pastor Sam, and it was devastating to hear the news that he had mistresses all over the world and that he had been living a double life for decades, for decades. It was hard for us to think that how these men could have been tremendous leaders and touched so many lives for Christ, yet be living a double life. And news of their infidelity that had been going on for years, you know, just shocked many of us. But it woke us up to the power of sin and our vulnerability and its ability to gain control over anyone. We are all vulnerable to the power of sin. And one of the most powerful drives in men and women is sex. That is why pornography is one of the largest industries in the world today. And in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus addresses this issue. In Matthew 5 through 7, this is the Sermon on the Mount, perhaps one of the greatest sermons ever uttered by anyone who had set foot upon the earth. 
And in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus introduces us to the law of the kingdom of God. And the law of the kingdom of God addresses not just the letter of the law, but the spirit or the true intent of the law that was given by God. Jesus teaches us that it is not enough to deal with the outward acts of sin, but we need to honor God with our thoughts and attitudes, the inner self that only God knows about us. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus addresses anger, lust, divorce, lying, revenge, and hatred. And in each case, he shows us that the kingdom law does not require only outward acts, but the inner life of every person, our very thoughts, motives, and attitudes. In chapter 5, verses 27 through 30, Jesus addresses the issue of adultery, commandment number 7 in the Ten Commandments. And he states in verse 27 and 28, the heart of adultery. Jesus states, you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. You see, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law understood adultery to be the outward act of sexual immorality. But Jesus pointed out that adultery begins within one's heart first, and then, if not dealt with, will lead to the sinful act. Now, this verse can be translated, whoever looks at a woman with the intention of committing adultery. So Jesus is not condemning the person who looks with a casting glance. The Greek word there, blepo, and in this context it means referring to constant fixation of the eyes upon. Okay, the Greek word for lust is epithumeo, which means to have the affections directed towards something, to lust, to desire, to long after. So adultery begins in the mind and the heart long before the physical act. We must recognize it begins with thoughts and desires. So to lust after someone sexually is to nurture a burning desire for that person in one's heart. Such lust has a consuming effect upon a person. It consumes their thought life. So Jesus is not saying that it's a sin to be attracted to a pretty woman or a handsome man. If you're walking down the mall or at the park and you see a good-looking man or woman, it's not a sin to look over and say, oh, what a good-looking man or good-looking woman. But it is wrong to feed that attraction, to dwell constantly on it, and to remain continuously desirous of it. A person who is nurturing and consumed on his or her lustful desire in the heart shows one is not in a right relationship with God. Now, illustration of this, a good illustration of this, can be seen in our modern-day crisis of Internet affairs. According to psychologists, so this is secular psychologists now, not just Christian psychologists, infidelity or adultery occurs in a marriage when you are verbally, emotionally, or physically intimate with somebody other than your spouse or partner. So adultery is not just a physical act. If you are verbally or emotionally bonded to someone other than your spouse, that, according to psychologists, is adultery. So it is when two people are getting their intimacy needs met outside of their marriage or relationship. And this we're seeing occur through social media, 
when men and women develop emotional bonds to a friend online. Many research studies are referring to this as internet infidelity or virtual adultery or internet affairs, and it is a national epidemic. And online affairs can have contributed to divorce as the involved partner becomes more enmeshed in the online relationship. A 2008 article in the Journal of Marital and Family Therapy, this article by Catherine Hartline and a colleague reviewed several studies of internet affairs and documented many negative effects from online romances. They include less interest in sex, even in committed relationships, and the neglect of work and time with children. It can also occur, adultery can also occur through the viewing of pornography, and to this Christians are not immune. Nearly 50% of Christians admitted pornography was a problem at home. 53% of men who attended Promise Keepers said they viewed pornography. What was even more shocking, over 50% of pastors surveyed admitted accessing pornography. And 35% of Christian women access pornography regularly. And this is one of the fastest growing statistics here. All this you can find on the website of Focus on the Family. But women porn has long been known as romance novels. So women may not look at a Playboy uh, magazine like men do, but women porn is known as romance novels. And it has always been known that women fantasize about relationships with other men through soap operas, romance novels, and magazines like Cosmopolitan. So virtual affairs take place as husbands and wives viewing porn or romance novels bond emotionally with the fantasy lover that they have created in their minds. They end up withdrawing from their spouse and escape into their fantasy world and grow more and more discontent with their present spouse. Soon they long for that perfect lover they think is out there, and some even try to find a way out of their marriages that they are in now. And I've seen numerous, numerous, and experienced numerous cases of this. The fantasy lover comes to replace your current spouse with someone else in the recesses of the undisclosed regions inside you, where discontent grows and festers into a new and unintended ugly monster. I remember the story of Karen's husband, Dave. Dave met his high school sweetheart on Facebook after many years. The two got reacquainted and talked about old times, and soon their chat sessions grew more frequent and more intimate, and he began to withdraw from his family and one day Karen came home and Dave was home early and he looked very troubled and Karen looked at him and said said honey what's is there something wrong and he said you know Karen I met my high school sweetheart at the mall the other day and I realized that I never really loved you I've always loved her and so uh, here are the divorce papers and with that he walked out of the life of Karen and their two young girls and went on and his high school sweetheart also left her family and the two got involved and eventually got married, leaving their families behind. And that's the danger of internet affairs 
And so it's a clear illustration of what Jesus is saying, that adultery is not only a physical thing, but it can occur in the heart and the mind. That's why we must deal drastically with sin. It can have devastating consequences if we allow it to get a foothold in our mind and in our heart. He says in verse 29 through 30, if you, so you, you got to deal drastically with sin. Jesus says, if your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off, throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body go into hell. Jesus uses what we call hyperbole here, exaggerating to make his point. See, lust begins with the eyes, and if not dealt with, it leads to action, which is represented by the hands. So where consuming lust exists, the disciple of the kingdom is required to take dramatic and determined action to rid oneself of the cause. And Jesus wanted to make his point very clear. That's why he uses these exaggerated terms, because sin is not something you want to play around with. You don't want to throw fire into your lap and keep it there. He says you want to deal drastically with it. And Jesus wanted holiness and purity, not only in action, but in thought as well, because it is thoughts that eventually leads to these actions. Sinful thoughts can lead to destructive consequences. Cancer requires radical treatment. My good friend Dwight had been noticing that he had a pain on his left side, the left side of his back that didn't seem to go away. His wife noticed a little lump on his side, but he just ignored it. He realized later that he had been losing his appetite, but he thought that it was due to the slowing of his body metabolism as he got into his 50s there. He often felt lethargic and tired throughout the day, but you know he just thought it was part of just getting old. Well, finally, he got a fever that lasted for weeks, and it was then that he decided to see a doctor, and so they ran a bunch of diagnostics on him, and he was diagnosed with kidney cancer, and the doctor came in and said, Dave, we got to operate right away, and he said, all right, what are we going to do, and he said, well, the only way to save your life and to keep the cancer from spreading throughout your body is to remove the kidney, you know, it was kind of shocking and how radical a treatment, you know, they needed to deal with this aggressive form of cancer. But that's the way you got to deal with it. You know, it takes radical treatment. They had to remove that kidney from his body. Dangerous diseases require radical procedures to save a life. And in the same way, you know, sinful habits are just as deadly and require radical procedures. Dwelling on temptation, continuing in sin can have devastating consequences. So that's why Jesus tells us to deal radically with sin. Don't let it get a foothold in your life. The Christian does not have to live in defeat to lust. We can be victorious over lust through the power of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, let me give some practical tips on how to overcome or deal with lust in your life. It's a powerful force. Here are some practical steps. And we're going to use the acrostic TEARS. T-E-A-R-S. TEARS. Because not dealing with lust will tear your relationships apart. All right? 
So we're going to use that acrostic tears here. T. T stands for take into account the power of lust. And know that it is a powerful force, sin is, and that we are all vulnerable to lust. If King David succumbed to lust, if pastors and leading Christian leaders succumb to lust, we are all vulnerable. E. E stands for evade as much as reasonably possible sites and situations that arouse such unhealthy desires. Avoiding is a biblical strategy. Second uh, Timothy 2.22, Paul says, Flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness. Romans 13 verse 14, Make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. So evade, avoid as much as possible sites and situations that will arouse unhealthy desires of lust as much as reasonably possible. A stands for accountability. Hold yourself accountable to a group of peers. One of the things these leaders had in common, those that fell to sexual temptation, one of the things they all had in common is they lacked accountability. They were not accountable to a group of men who held them accountable honestly asked them questions, and continually prayed for them. So hold yourself accountable, men and women, to three or four men or you know, women with other women who will be honest and point out issues in your life that they will see and have biblical wisdom. It's not just going to be a sit and you know, gossip time, but they'll hold you accountable to concerns that they have in your life and in the same way you can also be praying for them and they'll be praying for you so accountability r r stands for redirect your energy redirect your energy into useful activity away from idleness and other vulnerable behaviors it is said that lust grows fast in the garden of leisure so when you find yourself dwelling on things you shouldn't be, find you know, good work to do and do it with all your might. Romans 12, 11 says, Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. 1 Corinthians 15 says, Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. So abound in work. Find yourself dwelling on thoughts you shouldn't be. Get up and do something. Go for a walk. Clean a room. Play a sport. Write a letter. Play a game with your children. Find something to do. You are made to create and manage. So displace deceitful lusts with a passion for good deeds. S. S stands for spirit and scripture. Walk in the spirit and memorize scripture. Submit your life to the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5.16 says, If you are guided by the spirit, you won't obey your selfish desires. So remember, you can't fight lust on your own. You must rely on God's spirit to guide you and God's Word to master your mind. So those are some practical steps in dealing with lust in your life, the acrostic tears. Now, protecting your marriage, we've been talking about Internet affairs a lot, so here's some practical tips on protecting your marriage from Internet affairs or online affairs. And we're going to follow the acrostic trash, T-R-A-S-H, because that's what Internet affairs will do. They will trash your marriage. So here's how you can protect your marriage from internet affairs. T stands for time. Ask yourself these questions. Are you spending more time online with that person than communicating with your spouse? 
If you can answer yes to any of these questions, you are in danger of an internet affair. R. R stands for read. Would you let your spouse read your messages? If you say no, then be very careful. You're treading on dangerous ground. A. A stands for anticipate. Do you look forward to getting messages from your internet friend more than your spouse? When you see that number on your mail and says you've got mail, do you get excited about it more than seeing your family? S. S stands for share. Do you share more with your internet friend than your spouse? And H. H stands for hide. Do you find yourself hiding information, messages, websites from your spouse? If you answer yes to any of these five, you're in very dangerous ground, my friend, in entering into what may be an internet affair. You know, important thing is to be realistic about married life. You know, women, he's going to go, he may go bald. He's going to pick up some weight. Okay? He's not going to look like that athletic you know, athlete that he looked like in high school. Okay? He's going to put on weight. He's going to get stressed at work. I mean, that's just the reality of married life. The flowers and excitement you had in your dating life and the flowers that he would bring, the gifts he would buy you every week, that's going to stop when you get married. And bills have to be paid and children have to be taken care of. I mean, that's, that's just the reality of married life. He's going to get depressed as he battles through things at work and faces, you know, midlife crisis. Guys, she's going to put on weight, you know, especially after giving birth to two, three children, all right? Her hair is going to turn gray, okay? She won't always be looking like that model like she looked at in high school and college. I mean, that's, that's just the reality there. She's going to get stressed, go through things like menopause. I mean, those are just the facts of life as we get older and our Love matures, you know, it's a maturing kind of love. So you got to be realistic about married life. Now, if you find yourself falling into an inappropriate relationship, as Jesus said, take drastic steps. Shut down your Facebook or social media page. If you find yourself bonding with someone other than your spouse, like Jesus said, pull out that eye, cut off that hand, take drastic steps. If you're watching movies you shouldn't be watching, shut down your Netflix account or your YouTube account, whatever it may be. If you're viewing movies and videos that you should not be. So I hope those are some practical ways that you can overcome lust and the flesh in your life. I hope those are helpful. Remember the acrostic tears when it comes to fighting lust and trash when it comes to protecting yourself from online affairs. Well, sins such as unforgiveness, pride, greed, selfishness, and lust can have a destructive effect on your life and on the lives of those you love. So just as you would not let cancer get a foothold and spread throughout your body, do not let sin get a foothold and dominate your life. Deal courageously and radically with sin. And defeating sin means overcoming a destructive force in your life and freeing yourself to enjoy the fullness of life that God meant for you and your loved ones to experience. So deal radically 
and courageously with sin and experience the fullness that God has for you and those you love. Thank you for being with us today and we look forward to seeing you again here on Evidence and Answers. Once again, our time has come to a close. We're so thankful that you've joined us here on Evidence and Answers Radio Broadcast. We hope you enjoyed Pat's show today. If you would like Pat to speak at your church, Bible study, or perhaps hold a conference, please give us a call. That's 4830586. Or you may contact him through our Evidence and Answers website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. Evidence and Answers relies on generous support from you, our listeners. To keep this broadcast on the air, you have the opportunity to donate. Head on over to our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. And you may do so right there online on the homepage. You'll find we have a wide variety of resources available to you. Everything from atheism to Zen Buddhism, including articles, additional audio, as well as Pat's books. Be sure to share our website with your family, your friends, and your church. Evidence and Answers is grateful for our key sponsor, Highland Capital Management, providing investors with alternative investment solutions. To learn more, visit them online at hcmlp.com. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide compelling reasons for faith in Christ. That's Evidence and Answers with Pat Zucran. Yeah.